podcast from Brooklyn originally, starring the very wonderful uh, Dale and, uh, oh my gosh, Steve O'Reilly. So wonderful, both of them. Bevy Baritone. Let them give a big warm round of applause for Dale and Fantastic uh, to be here, part of the 13th annual Sketch Fest 
And uh, we're just able to be here. It's, it's so great. And so glad, I'm so glad to see so many of you. And, uh, you know, it has been a little while since I, I've been here. And probably uh, almost going on a decade now. I'm, I'm rare. I'm like a balding comet, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I come around every now and again. Of course, we don't know what comets are made of, do we? They could be aliens huddled together. Could be just God skipping stones. We don't know. <laughs> they recently discovered a planet made out of diamonds. You can't afford to live there either. <laughs> I tell you, I'd buy that. I would buy a, a diamond planet. Open up a diamond uh, skating rink, play a lot of Liz Taylor movies. And still be sad that my marriage broke up. <laughs> so, outer space can be sad too. <laughs> uh, well, I do think I just, since I've been away, I, I thought I'd just catch up in terms of some of the things that have been going on these last 10 years and uh, make a comparison with some of the things that have happened here to your city in San Francisco. Uh, you all put dancing lights on a bridge. <laughs> I watched every episode of Frasier. where a science store used to be. <laughs> I saw Elliot Gould at LAX. Uh, you uh, found, discovered that you enjoy eating food off of a window of a truck. <laughs> nice for you. <laughs> I was never able to find the right outfit in Los Angeles. Always felt judged. <laughs> for four years. Never could put it together. <laughs> You all seem pretty comfortable getting a ride with uh, someone in a car who has a pink mustache. <laughs> okay. I took a bunch of improv classes at the Upright Citizens Brigade, and after $900, I discovered that I could say yes and and. <laughs> Money well spent. You all have opened a coffee shop. Then another coffee shop. Then another coffee shop. <laughs> Let me tell you something, folks. I don't know much about pour over, but I know when somebody's pulling one over on me. It's just coffee. You guys have to relax. In New York, you get a cup of coffee and a bagel for two dollars. Just settle down. They're turning on me, Steve. <laughs> they love that coffee. It's faster than the belly of a panda. They're so excited. I don't know what they need to. It's cold here. It can be lonely. Meanwhile, I, I did get divorced, and I, I moved to New York, and now I run podcasts in the basement for 12 people. And uh, <laughs> last show, we had bagel bites. <laughs> you know, things are going pretty well. <laughs> oh, well, we've got a terrific show for you tonight, don't we? We should get right to it. It's a big one. And there's a lot of great people here, and I'm eager to talk to them. But first, I say hello to Steve-O. Steve O'Reilly's over there. Hey, everybody. Yeah. 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 Hi. How did you get here? And that's uh, said, it's great. I just, it was unexpected uh, that, that you, would, you would come all the way out here. Sure. Uh, Steve-O. A long way. Yeah, how was your flight? Uh, great. Listen, Mark, can you play me a little bit of a sitting down music? Sure, of course. Something low and slow, like the growl from the woman who was standing next to me as I crossed Sixth Admission, who was insisting that my legs were made out of scorpions. <laughs> That's 
Successfully uh, been rejected, which is how I like to think of rejection. Yes, you still achieve something of just you know being rejected yeah. uh, from directing other people's work. So we decided to start our own group so we could do our own. Sometimes that's what you have to do, isn't it? Take the bull by the horns. Yeah. yeah. And so then you all, and this of course predated my moving to San Francisco, but you started killing my lobster here. Yes. At a place called the Grasshopper Palace, is that what it was? Yes, it was a, it was a small room that was, uh, it actually wasn't really a theater, it was more just a... a, a it was an office. It was yeah, a, it was a carpeted, carpeted office. Carpeted office. Carpeted office. <laughs> That's how legends start, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so that was, what was it about that first show that, that said, hey, we got something here, we can continue on? Uh, well, I think it was when we realized we, sh we actually, uh, I think we gave away drinks 
Yeah, we did a couple. There were a couple of smart marketing Adding moves. Yeah, yeah. Really, it's really all my clients from the very. The first beginning. thing is we didn't put the address on the poster. No, we don't, figured don't that ever do that. Too easy. That's key. Uh, and yet, still, somebody found their way up to the fourth floor, which is another great thing. If you're thinking of starting a, a performance, yeah. try and get it as way as far away from the street as possible. Uh, then we decided not only to give away drinks, but at the last moment, um, decided to just. Totally uh, nullify the admission price. Yes. Yes. Well, so yes, as, we, as we saw people come in, we just decided to lower the price. Really good intuitive move. Based on what they were wearing or something? No, based on them hearing the price and deciding not to come in. <laughs> Make a deal. Yeah. 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 So the bottom line was pay the audience to come. <laughs> yeah. We, we subsidized the audience. For number of years, of course, you've been responsible for so many of the great sketches that the children still recite today. Jamba Juice and uh, Floor Pool and uh, The Deadly Eyes of Dr. Deadly Eyes. Yes. How about the Kidney Cakes? Uh, I think you mean Chocolate Bobble Cakes. Chocolate and Poppy Cakes. Uh, chicken and Bobble Cakes. Chicken that was the whole sketch. That was it. That was it. We did that for about 11 minutes. Just say that word. Just that word. So many of the greats now that really... Redefine not only sketch comedy, but comedy uh, in a very profound way and influence so many of the people coming up. Almost. But for every wild, wildly successful sketch, you also had some failures uh, along the way, didn't you? And so I wondered if that was I think I know where you're going here, Dale. Uh, but uh, we, of course, there are some that just never made it out of the writer's room, and some that did. So I thought I would ask you if you could identify this one for everybody. Okay. I just a little bit of it. Okay. Hey, how much is that dollar summer owl? Uh, that, yes, I can name that. I can name that sketch. Uh, that would be, uh, I think it was an under, underwater garage sale. Underwater. <laughs> that did not, uh, that did not make that show. I mean, that were people finding bargains underwater. They were, they, yeah, they would, they would go underwater. Yeah. And they would see an album or a toy or a framed wicker elephant, and they would haggle. Yeah. Underwater. To get that. Maybe it was a broken tricycle. Yeah. You know that kind of. So it was, it was yeah, it was a really good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Have you heard anyone I, haggle that way? I haven't. No. Okay. But I haven't traveled that way. <laughs> you know, Dale, just a, a little a little historical tidbit. Yes. Um, one of the two of us wrote that sketch, and it wasn't me, but not to name any names. Uh, when it didn't get into the show, yes. it didn't mean that uh, the author didn't try to get it into the next show. <laughs> so there is actually another version in which there's a photo shoot for the cover of Rolling Stone, and the photographer tries to get the band to act as if they're in an underwater garage sale. <laughs> So that was a little bit of a it's, it's, side it's, it's, door it's concept that also yeah. didn't didn't get into the yeah. to the other show. You took a simple idea and just made it more complicated. <laughs> That's what we did. One of the first first, first rules of comedy. comedy. Yeah, yeah. Most most comedy. comedy. Yeah. 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 So, uh, do you have any other There's favorites that didn't make it? Uh, yeah, I uh, another another one that I, I thought was uh, <clears throat> didn't get the. Uh, votes that it needed to get into a show was uh, uh, this great tale called Super Maria, which you gotta hear this one, folks. First, you think it might have some kind of like a West Side Story or something. You're not thinking about what it is. Go, go, go ahead, explain. 
it, it involved uh, the characters from uh, Donkey Kong and uh, Pac-Man. Yes. And it was uh, a love story, if I remember correctly, right. uh, of, of Mario and Luigi uh, rescuing Maria, or I, I, can't, I can't recall exactly the dynamic. I do know there was a great sidekick character uh, named Pac-Man. Yeah, Ooh. just wonderful. Really good. Really good. I think he could have been good. And, and like all good, quick hit comedic bits, it was a, a finely honed 13 pages. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it, it was pitched upwards of 15 times, wasn't it? it I think it still holds the record. Last. Yeah, and, and then, I, I mean, it's okay to give away the ending, because at the end, uh, what, Donkey Kong turns out to be Luigi. Is that it? Did you take off the mask? Oh, no, uh, and he talks like that. I guess I, I guess I won't bring it to uh, uh, show 16 for that pitch meeting. Then. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Well, wait till you see the show. Maybe they need it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Who couldn't need it? It's a good sketch. I mean, <laughs> if you invest in a Pac-Man costume. Yeah. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. And so how did it feel now you walked away from it? How do you feel? You know, it's been nine years. Nine years since you've been, been a part of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah for me, uh, coming up on, on nine years. Um, you know, it, it's, it's like you give birth to a baby. You know, no, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know. I feel this is a completely flawed well, I, I comparison. Metaphorically, though, yeah. um, no, it's it's really it's it's both uh, it's thrilling to see the group still performing and doing funny stuff, um, and there are times when when I miss it. Yeah. Um, but then there's times when I just get to come up on stage and and talk to you, and I um, I'm just proud of the work that's done without necessarily having to go home and deal with some refunds. <laughs> Which is a part of it. You know, there's a lot of stuff that happens you behind the scenes. You don't miss the mailings? I don't miss the bulk mailings. Okay. Um, Would you try to call bagel parties? <laughs> yeah, and you know, Dale, there was one guy in the group, a uh, character, I don't know what happened to him, his name was James or something, um, but we would have these bulk mailing parties yeah, when the group would have to get together. Just from that name, it's a very handsome name. It was, a, it was an attractive guy, but you know, I do recall that whenever you had, uh, whenever we had one of these mailing yeah. parties on a, on a Sunday, Sunday, yeah, right, we'd have the bagels, we'd have the group there, yeah. lots of hard work to be done, a lot of sweat behind the scenes. Um, James would say that he couldn't make it, and I don't know, Paul, do you remember why? Yes. Why he couldn't make it on Sundays? That's right. San Francisco mailing parties? Yes, Sunday was, was East Bay Sunday. And that was time spent for James in the East Bay. Yeah. <laughs> and that was not to be messed with. That was just sacred time. That was sacred time. Lots, lots to explore Don't there. cross yeah. that bridge on a Sunday. That'll be the flea market. It was, but no one really knew. No one was really invited either. No? No. Well, especially... Although you were invited to help James move once and you broke your clavicle. I did. That's right. That was a Saturday, I think. It's just unfortunate that he's not here to have this discussion. 
sure he'd be very apologetic. He'd still carry around some guilt to this day. <laughs> but uh, I do, I want to thank you uh, both, of course, uh, from, from the bottom of my heart for, for giving uh, both me and, and Jenny some space to develop and to, to work some things out and to be, become better comedians. And just, and I've always valued your friendship from the day that I met you sincerely. And you know, one of the great things that you taught me, of course, is how to be uh, economical with language and comedy and then one should sort of go on and on with things. But every word, every phrase, if one acts with precision and a certain uh, concise quality, that then you're then you're serving a whole joke and the whole show is lifted if you're able to do that. And one should just, you know, you have to look at it when you're writing a sketch. And A lesson that I'm carrying with me. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, yeah. Paul Charney and Mark Vogel, everyone. Jeremy, <laughs> <laughs> if you have anything to say, uh, just you know, make it an appropriate time. <laughs> All right, now my next guest is a terrific, terrific fellow. He's an award-winning animator and director over there at the Pixar operation. And uh, he's a, a, just a multi-talented guy. We'll get into it. Put your hands together for Angus McClain. <laughs> Year uh, animation specific uh, award ceremony. It's the, uh, you know, the Emmys, the Tonys. It's the Annies for uh, awards and best in animation. That's right. Okay, and you won for the, the great Toy Story of Terror. Yes, I won uh, a directing award for best uh, directing in a television broadcast uh, for Toy Story of Terror. That was uh, awesome. <laughs> But they had the you know the SpongeBob guy, and they had the little snowman from that Frozen picture. Yes. Uh, and, and, uh, Olaf. Olaf. Yeah, there you go. And they and they had. Uh, uh, so you watch that movie, and it's like I'm laughing at a snowman. How did you come to be? Look at that carrot. Anyhow, it's fun. It's magical. It's, it's simply magical. Well, I'd like to get that hosting gig someday. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> Just to talk to an animated character would be so uh, I mean, can you imagine what it would be? Again, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty magical. 
Yeah, I got to get to do it every day. Now, of course, Angus, while I was at the Rhode Island School of Design, pursuing mold making, I was also an RA on one of the fours, and you uh, would come up there, and you just had such a magical presence at that time as a young person, and still today, and you would, you, this is what Angus would do. He would, he's a big fella, you saw him. He comes up there, and he would announce, I'm Angus, and he would plop himself down in the middle of the hall and whip out a harmonica and just play it. Play it was just catnip for the ladies. Oh, enjoy it! You know, the early 90s, it was really the, the heyday of harmonica playing in hallways, and he just, did you ever consider yourself as being annoying at that time? We did not. I wasn't aware that we were going to be talking about uh, my, my blues traveler fascination. I was, I was hoping maybe you were into it, man. Maybe I could fill in as the front man. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, uh, Dale is right. You know, I, I have it a checkered past. Uh, but uh, well, the worst of it is sitting on the floor playing harmonica. You're okay. Yeah, I, uh, really Is that I, the worst of it? <laughs> well, no, no, it's not the worst of it. I mean, uh, we, we didn't act, he's not really representing what actually happened. There was a bit of a feud between his floor and, and, and my floor, actually. Yeah, you all would get into it a little bit. There's a, we should explain, there's a long hallway. This is the fifth floor, and you look in the, what do they call it? The pit. Yeah, the pit, the Homer, the Homer you pit. You on the bottom floor, yeah. and uh, some, some events, you know, these are art students, so already. And they would, <laughs> they would take food and drop it down the staircase. Yeah, well, specifically so soft serve ice cream. Oh, that was a bad Yeah, because yeah, they had it in the cafeteria. Well, yeah. I know, because it was right outside my front door all the time. <laughs> You're the RA in the fifth floor. You're yeah. supposed to take care of it. should have done something about it. Yeah. It stinks at high end. Which is why I was up on the fifth floor playing harmonica for the ladies, because they were not going to come down to the basement. Not you know, foul odor. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Festival, and you work in, in, a, in a specific kind of comedy where you're making these jokes. You have to really commit yourself to them because you know you you, you make the devise a joke for Woody or Buzz or whomever, and then it takes what three years before that movie comes out. Yeah, well, it, this uh, is a 22 minute special and it took two and a half years to make. So uh, it's incredible. How, how do you how do you get the joke to stay with it? Well, you just write the joke over and over and over again. See, I'm not a very good. Uh, verbal storyteller, to be honest, but if I slow it down to two and a half years, I can get that joke perfect. And I got some of the best people in the world helping me, so that's, that helps a lot. That hurts. I mean, not hurts, it helps. Do you have a... Just thinking about you slowing anything down would hurt me. Anyhow, do you have the toys with you? Do you have the figures, do you have representations that you have to move to see what's funny? Uh, yeah, I mean, we have a general idea of, of what is funny in that universe. Usually, if you can get a scene where Potato Head loses all of his face parts on the ground, that's gold. You, you, can, you can use that uh, any time. Uh, you know, so we try to, we try to save that, that kind of bit. There's certain things that are funny. Yeah. You know, uh, usually when uh, Buzz Lightyear says something and then Woody laughs, it's not, you know, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of chestnuts. You got a lot of things you know, in your quiver. 
Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we, we do actually say we are comedy archers. We don't, you know, a lot of people aren't. Is, is, that, is that really the Pixar secret? Is just Buzz says something and Woody laughs? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I gotta write that down. The secret is you, usually you want to have two things that are, that are relatable, uh, that are gettable, that are put no, together. No, no, it's too complicated. Oh, okay, it's well, Buzz and Woody laughing. Well, I did do some writing for, uh, for Killing a Lobster one time. Let me tell you, they taught me a thing or two about brevity. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, if you want a freebie, Angus, and I think you do, you know that I, uh, I, I took in my, my pregnant niece, Katrina. She had a baby, that little baby, Pepsi is her name. She had an unfortunate incident with a nurse. She just heard me. I was trying to order something to drink. Anyhow. That is, this little child is four years old, and she loves, she's got all the toys. She's got Woody and Buzz and Jesse, etc. But one of the things she likes to do with Woody, and again, you can use this. This is a free, it's a gift to you. She, she'll spread Woody's legs and slam him down on the bed, you know, uh, on the bed uh, rails there, just real hard. And it's a kind of a ripple thing, uh, they, it's the bed thing. And she just pulls it along. <laughs> and she says, Uncle Dale, can you do that? And I said, oh my gosh, it hurts to watch. <laughs> So what do you have coming up next? Is it a Christmas one? Uh, yeah, there's, gonna, there apparently is a Christmas one in the works. I'm not familiar with it. I'm, not, I'm, I'm working on something different. It's top secret. You know, when these movies take uh, five years, you got to really keep it under wraps. You know? Okay. There's no joke there. I don't know. That's all I got. I don't know. But yeah, there's a Christmas one. Tables? Is it tables? Uh, You've done planes, cars. <laughs> It's called, it's called Stones.
So how are you, Duckworth? You moved up here from Los Angeles how long ago? Um, 2006, I guess. Well, that's yeah, a good little while. Yeah, and definitely. You, you came up originally to do graphic design or something? Yep, went to do uh, graphic design at Academy of Arts. And then after four years, I, I kind of like figured out that I need to just keep going with my life and not stay here in um, college and everything. So I just did a job and started doing music and started doing my own graphic design and promotions and whatnot. That's great. And uh, how, did, how did you become a member of the of the Van Hellers? Uh, we created in like 2008. It was pretty much just a bunch of homies. We just felt like, you know, just come together and create something great with our like, talents and whatnot. And I guess we've been going since then, since 2008. That's it's gotten good. bigger and bigger. You all contribute to each other's uh, music? Oh uh, yeah, and it's more it's more than just music, it's like fine art, it's uh photography, it's uh film, graffiti, a bunch of craziness. That's a true collective. Yeah. <laughs> There's enough activity going on over there. <laughs> uh, you have a room where you all get together? <laughs> so what were you supposed to go converted somewhere over there on San Pablo, making it happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, you're right here, you released an album, uh, Duct Tapes, is that what it's called? Yeah, Duct Tape. Duct Tape, which is terrific. I encourage everybody to shout in on it, shout in on it, shout hey, in on it. Hey, wait, wait. It's in my car all the time. And, uh, now, are you part of it? Is it, is it, a, is it a crew? Uh, yeah, it's like it's a family, really, man. It's like a crew, family, we're going to call it. That's a nice way to put it. Essentially. <laughs> I'd like to be a part of a crew. You gotta be out, man. You gotta have the talent. I see. Uh, and you do, you do, you create beats for other people, is that right? Uh, not really. I've been creating only for like myself and like my crew. We have other producers in the crew as well, and they create for other people. But I'm stingy, so. You're what? I'm stingy. Oh, stingy. I'm stingy with my. Life. You like to keep it to yourself. Yeah, it's your own they can yeah. have everything else, but not a production. So it's a family with limits. <laughs> <laughs> My family, they have a part, just not anybody outside of that. You know? Oh, I see, I see. Pretty see, I'm trying to get up to speed on all the hip-hop terminology. Uh, I, I did date a Jewish girl once, and that was a nice access into, into hip-hop. I listened to that Lauren Hill album way too many times. <laughs> but we had some nice, nice good times together. It's uh, not a bad album, just at a certain point, you're like, okay. <laughs> I would be all right without the talking in between. I just like to get to the... That's the best part about it. So you like that? You like yeah. just, uh, just it's the just album? It's like, it's the, it fits the miseducation. If y'all don't know, the album's called Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, and it's like middle parts of like it's skits, and they're like talking to kids about just different parts of life, like love and relationships and, you know, all types of things. It's cool though, it works. It's, it's very cool. It's miseducation. So. It is. Yeah, definitely check it out. If you <laughs> <laughs> it came out 20 years ago. <laughs> So, uh, growing up now, did you have some musical heroes? Uh, somewhere, I guess. Yeah. It was mostly just my family. They were all doing music and stuff. And that, uh, what kind of music were they making? Uh, like reggae, gospel, uh, jazz, uh, anything funk. And they all play instruments and things too? Yeah, like uh, guitar, drums, vocals, uh, anything they can put their hands on. So you're part of a family band to begin with? Essentially. It's pretty nice. 
I like that. <laughs> Family band. And it was a good good experience growing up down there, South Central? South Central? South Central. What was it? Uh, South Central. Yeah. No. No, not again. <laughs> no. I didn't know you came up here. <clears throat> I mean, but no, I learned, I learned about being there and everything. You know, I wouldn't raise my kids out there, but I learned a whole totally different perspective than what it is out here. It's, it's way more privileged in that side, but it's okay. Way more privileged, yeah, and getting more so by the hour. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, um, uh, uh, but uh, so what's the character? What? How is it different making music here than it was in Los Angeles? Uh, I wasn't making music in Los Angeles at all. No, just playing with the family. Just uh, enjoying. I was just sitting there, just watching, man. You know, I was just, yeah, just being a little kid, letting it permeate, geeking out and whatnot, taking it in. Uh huh. But yeah, I started doing music when I was out here. I mean, I was like, you know, like rapping, like junior high and stuff, like battling against like homies and stuff like that, but nothing really serious. And a homie is a friend. Right now, I'm working on something called uh, Tax Free. 
it just happens to you know, a bunch of tracks that I need to just release. So um, I'm just putting them together on some like last minute. I actually created some pretty cool artwork for it. But um, yeah, that's Tax Free, that's coming out uh, this Friday. But after that, this is another album I've been working on producing called Super Good. And it's just pretty much everything I've wanted to do for like a long time now. Like, oh, that's so exciting. I'm like playing instruments, like first time playing guitar on like an album and stuff. I'm very like one string, <laughs> but it's like, it, it sounds good enough. I need some help. Yeah. <laughs> you need one string's all you really need. Yeah, yeah. they're just some props. Mostly, yeah. Okay. All right. We'll get to your part at the end. Sure. Um, we have a we have a, a segment a segment that will engage people about. Let's keep it to the end. So where can people find out about you, Doug? Um, Doug. You have a website. Yeah, have a website. It's uh, dougruff.com. D-U-C-K-W-R-T-H, forget the O, uh, dot com, uh, or themelas.com, T-H-E-M-H-E-L-A-S. I'm a great speller, I guess. Actually, actually I'm not, according to my other girlfriend, I'm a terrible speller. Well, you did okay. You missed a couple letters in your name. But. Yeah, yeah, I had to take it. <laughs> now, because like, okay, I'm a graphic designer, so it's like, if I put D-U-C-K-W-O-R-T-H, then it's like it's in balance. So if I yeah. take the O out, then it's just like R-W-R-T-H, so then it's even, it's nice, you know? It is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Memories for me. I've got my OJ Cupid days. 
So now you, of course, grew up in the, in the, uh, in the comedy hotbed of Sam Raphael. Is that true? <laughs> Yeah. 
that didn't pan out. Uh, and what about the current mayor? Do you have a little thing for him? <laughs> I've given up on mayors, actually. <laughs> That's probably for the best. <laughs> about some of the mayors I've known. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with that. <laughs> and so what's going to happen? What's going to happen next? Anything happened with that? It went, it did, you're fine, you're complete. And now you've been getting back into more web videos? Um, I do little YouTube videos here and there. I wish I kept with it more years ago when I made that web series. That was like before the real boom or something, I should have uh, kept that going. Yeah, but, hey, I got uh, $100 from Google Ads this uh, a week ago. <laughs> for, for like two years of stuff on YouTube or something. You buy a place in the mission? Steve-O has been listening to everything that's been said today, 
and just processing it and paying attention to it. And at the end of the show, we like to ask everybody assembled one question, and this segment is called Steve-O Wants to Know. Yeah. So Steve-O, what would you like to know? Well, there's been a lot of talk about space, and that got me really thinking about dwarf planets and how I feel about them, and how many other dwarf planet names do you guys know besides Pluto, and do you think that was a good name for Pluto, dwarf planet? Okay, we try to limit it to one question, but we have a follow-up. So now, I want to set a little bit of a parameter. Remember, it's just an answer. This is not a conversation that we're engaging in. We're not engaging have an answer, say it, and we'll start with you, Mary. Names of dwarf planets and whatever the rest of that was. <laughs> um, I'll go with, uh, no, I don't know. And uh, Pluto's a fine name. Good. Doc, where are you? Uh, I thought Siberia or something like that. I don't know. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think Pluto is a chill name. Yeah. And I don't think it should be a dwarf planet. You think it should be so planet? Yeah, it's not about the size, it's about the consistency, man. Okay. <laughs> Angus. Uh, I, I wasn't actually aware that I, I'm, I'm getting that Pluto was downgraded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
Dale Radio is written and produced by James Bewley. Original music by Steve O'Reilly. The intro theme to Season 6 is composed and performed by Katie Mullins. Season 6 podcast icon by Sunil Manchikanti. Posters and logo treatment for the live shows by Daniel Spencer Levine. Hey, why not rate and review us on iTunes, or you can listen to me on Stitcher Radio. Stream anytime. For the latest, follow me on Twitter, at Dale Radio, or find us on Facebook. You're the best. <laughs>